Welcome back to Belmont Bunch. Today, I'm here with James as usual, and we are talking about four games because we missed last week. We have Nashville, Montreal, Winnipeg, Minnesota. We'll have our usual hot knot. We'll talk about Leo Komarov and some implications of where that cap space could go. And uh, and then we'll uh, ditch after a really long goodbye. That's usually my party. <laughs> Thank you, Tom, for that amazing intro. Um, we did not, just to quickly address all the fans that watch this show all the time, we didn't have an episode last week because Tom and I are not the best at planning. But hey, you know, we're back for a regular episode with no no compensation for that lost episode whatsoever. Um, so We're saying things you wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah, hot takes. Um that doctors get mad about doctors hate our heart. You won't takes. even believe what we're going to talk about in this episode. It's hockey. So, uh, all right. The first that we have four games to talk about since, since not this, just this past week, the week before, which, mm. uh, gives us Nashville. So, cause yeah. there's only one game last week. So that would be Nashville predators. We lost that game in a shootout three to two. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, Tom, what, what were you – I know, you know, without going into too much detail since you have the recap up, mm-hmm. um, why, don't you, why don't you talk about that game, Tom? Yeah, uh, that was a, a frustrating one because uh, it just felt like they, they let the second point slip away. They definitely could have won this game. Could have won it in regulation. Uh, they gave up two goals to Tanner Geno, uh, which is a fun name, uh, but wasn't it wasn't fun when he had a puck deflect off him and go in. Sorokin played really well. The Islanders played one of their better games of the year because we outshot them 35 to 20. That's something that we don't usually do. Um, usually we're getting outshot, but like we're keeping it to the outside. And it felt like we did keep it to the outside and we just couldn't finish them off. And it was one of those games that frustrates you because you go, you know, if we just had a little bit more scoring, you know, we'd be able to put these teams away. But I do think uh, better, you know, like news is on the way there. Not news, better, like, Paul Mary, I should, I'll just say like this because I can't come up with the words for it. I think Paul Mary is very much due for mo- like a goal explosion. And I think Paul Mary is, uh, and, Z- uh, mm. and Zach Parise is who I meant, uh, is also going to start getting going soon. I mean, he, he's been playing well. Mm-hmm. It's just not like translating into like goals. Um, so there's a couple of guys that I feel like are going to start scoring. We haven't gotten much out of Pajot yet either. So uh, I think there's a lot of room for growth for the Islander offense. Um, Beauvillier, uh, you know what? I'll save Beauvillier stuff for uh, the Montreal game, but I've really liked his game recently. Yeah, why don't we roll right into the Montreal game? Because that was, you know, it seemed like the Brock Nelson show since he had four goals, but obviously Beauvillier, I think, was assisted on all four of them, or at least the hat trick, the the first Yeah, at minimum, he had three assists. He was, you know what? I'll just look it up to make sure I'm right. But in the meantime, he had three assists. Um, but I mean, Beauvillier, I, and, and I wish I had given him more credit in the actual recap. I made up for that in the next recap for the Winnipeg game by adding an addendum. Um, yes. Beauvillier really drove, um, you know, Brock all the way there. It's like, you know, he, he drove Brock there and then Brock finished it off. Um, Brock was just, I think I said in the video, like just had a good nose for the net that game. It wasn't his usual like snipes. That's usually Brock's game is, you know, just rip one top corner. But it was a lot of just like chipping the puck over the goalie, and uh, a lot of that came off of the great work from Anthony Beauvillier to, you know, chip him the puck in the first place. 
uh, some good transition stuff from Beauvillier. And Beauvillier, like, is such a good skater, and I'm really enjoying watching him so far and, you know, seeing him continue to develop. And, you know, I, I you're still, like, at the end of the day, you're like, oh, can I get a few more points? But, you know, he's such a, like, he's a, he's a player that you have fun watching, though, and he creates stuff. Yeah, and I know I've said this before. He gives, Parise gives me big Beauvillier vibes. And uh, something we'll talk about. He's old, <laughs> It's weird, though. He does not look old. You know, and no. it, and we were just, he's 35, right? Isn't Parise yeah. 35? He's the same age as Ovechkin, and Ovechkin looks like he's <laughs> 55. But, uh, you know, obviously that doesn't matter. Um, mm. But uh, the, 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 this is going to sound weird, but Parise, Bovillier, and Leo Komarov, who we'll talk more about later, uh, give me the same vibes and types of, in general, like, um, I guess, like, hustle that they tend to have while mm-hmm. while playing is that they're both they, they all three of them have like to the best of their ability like whatever speed they can they can muster up Pavillier probably being the fastest out of those mm-hmm. three but uh you know like trying their best to hustle like dump the puck get in other players faces and 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 stuff like that so um yeah no I and, and it's funny because like you know I think if somebody heard you say those three names they'd be like well I don't know but I I, I think you're right about they give like each of those guys give um, you know, they're, they're, they're all pretty much all the time. Like, uh, mm-hmm. even if they're not producing, I'm, I'm very rarely saying, oh, that guy's not like working hard enough. Yeah. Like those guys are working hard and some of them, it, it's just that like some of them are a little bit more skilled than the others. <laughs> yeah. I'm singling out Leo a little bit here. Oh, I wasn't like, going to mention who was who, but okay. <laughs> well, look, I, it's, it's kind of a backhanded compliment, but he's not very talented. Like he's not like puck skills talented leo but i do agree with you that like there was some value to uh to him just getting the puck in deep and playing a simple game because um you, you kind of knew what you were getting out of him and uh there were even points last year on the first line where he wasn't completely terrible yeah yeah uh, which is like you know give him credit where it's due um but yeah I, I think you've got something there with with those three they're like good middle six guys that aren't going to be stars but they're going to give you the effort yeah, I, I guess that's that sounds about right. Um, but then the other interesting thing, I don't know if you mentioned, because we got the Wallstrom goal and also mm-hmm. the Pajot goal, which is his first of the season. Was I, I don't think he scored again since this game. But, yeah, yeah. His, his only of the season so far. Um, so, like, that's to see. Uh, Wallstrom's been probably the most consistent scorer of the team so far, even though Brock had four goals in this game. You know, yeah. like, Wallstrom, this was his fifth in this game. And then... Obviously, Pajot, hopefully he – I'm always hoping, like you just said about the previous game, that he's, you know, uh, starts to produce and stuff because it's like, again, like he's I, – I for some reason, I guess – He's even the though, key to this. If we could get him working. Yeah. If we can get – he's a, you know, feistier um, player a than funnier, we've had before. He's a feistier character than we've had yeah. before. So, um, yeah. So that not to forget to – Shout out Oliver Wallstrom, who's yeah. who's definitely watching right now, and you know, yeah. can't yep. wait to hear his name. Absolutely. Um, so Montreal, I guess the only thing left to say is, uh, you know, uh, Barry apologized to Sorokin late or after the game because they kind oh, of oh, that's right, know, yeah, they kind of broke down late in the game, and it was pretty annoying because, um, you know, it, it left a bad taste in your mouth after a very very dominant game, but uh, Chara broke his stick. Why is Char out there on the power play? Barry even said, yeah, I was trying to get guys points because we were crushing. And, uh, you know, you're trying to get some guys going that were struggling. 
And uh, instead, you know, you still you lost your goalie a shutout. So um, they did get it right back, kind of transitioning into the Winnipeg game. They they did get that shutout for Sorokin, yeah. uh right back. And this uh, this was like a perfect road game. Um, they they got an early goal. They you know just played you know a pretty uh, smart game from there, and then you know tripped away at Winnipeg, got a second one. And honestly, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot better for the Islanders because uh, Eric Comrie, Winnipeg's backup goalie, uh, who started in this game, played really well. The Islanders had a lot of chances. Paul Mary got stoned, and I will t- like Paul Mary. I think has been really good so far. Like I said, I think he's got a lot of goals coming up. Um, so he just keeps getting stoned, and he keeps getting chances turned away. Yeah, he has uh, he has five assists though. I think which is yeah. So he's still great. he's still. I, you know, ever since he started playing on that second line with Bailey going to the first, that second line's been excellent. And I, yeah. I think that kind of coincides also with Beauvillier playing better. But uh, also in the Montreal game, I believe – oh, no, no, actually the Winnipeg game it was. Paul Mary did a great job. Um, he kind of posted up like a basketball player um, near the blue line on his own entry, kind of attracting the last defender up, in, you know, up to him. And then uh, he kind of just chipped it for Brock, and then Brock had you know, yeah. all day to shoot. So, yeah, Palmieri's contributing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's an issue. And I think at this point it's pretty easy to say, you know, based on the Winnipeg and the Montreal game as well, uh, Chara is like the weak link. It, yeah. I know there. I, I saw on Twitter a couple of people, so I don't think it's like a big trend, but, you know, a couple of people here and there are like, oh, what if uh, we, we go after scoring more so? But I, I really think the issue at this point very obviously is, is Chara's inability to stay out of the penalty box and to just keep up with anyone. And um, he has, I think analytically, he's been getting the slightest bit better each game. Um, and he actually, in the Winnipeg game, I believe had like the best game score out of any of the Islanders, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, but also like, I'll give him his credit where it's due. He's definitely not been as self-destructive recently. Um, but at the same time, you you want him to be the seventh defenseman, I feel like, because um, you... I, I would like them to get a little bit younger on the blue line there. And we'll talk about, we'll talk about it when we get to the Leo stuff. Um, yeah. Like re- possible replacements. But Yeah. But Tom, what about the memes? You know, uh, the memes, we'll always have the memes in our hearts. That's true. They, we'll have the wins. I would have been happy if we signed Chara and he didn't, and he just played in the AHL, you know? He a, <laughs> yeah. He signed a one day deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he would do that because we traded him. Uh, <laughs> well, no, yeah, exactly. But yeah. But um, okay. So He'll going on one to day the deal with Boston, uh, the Wild game. Yes. Um, which was difficult to watch, and so my quick opinion on it was that it felt the first two periods felt um, a lot like the Winnipeg game. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't. You know, we had it was two to one by the end of the second period, but it was. I was like, okay, like, you know, if we get one more goal, like, we can really park, we could probably park the bus. And then the Wild obviously scored with, t- what, 10 minutes left in the third? Mm-hmm. And, then and then to there, tie it. Just... And then they got the third, the go ahead goal. And yeah. And I was like, geez, this fell apart quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, pretty much the same thing. I, I think that third period, you know, in the video, I was like, no excuses. They just didn't play well. Uh, I have one excuse. Uh, it was said in the comments. Because originally I was like, well, Minnesota had a back-to-back two, so we can't just say. But we did have three games in four nights. So, you know, for them to only play one bad period, I feel like in that whole stretch, 
Um, although they played like a bad final five minutes against Montreal. But um, overall, a very good three-game set. Minnesota's a pretty good team too, so uh, it's not like they lost. You know, if they lost to a, a worse team, I'd be a little bit frustrated with that result. But they lost to a good team. They, you know, like you said, they had played a really good uh, road game through two. And the third period, they just didn't have the energy in um, Minnesota. Yeah. You know, that's really interesting. Job. That's weird. I don't think this will be a trend, but that is odd because I feel like last season we were super strong in the third period throughout. You know, that was pretty consistent throughout. And we would almost like set ourselves up for failure by like either getting behind or somehow getting out of the first period, not behind, but like it always felt like a miracle. And then by mm-hmm. like the second period, it was like, okay, now the game started, you know, like, uh, yeah. and then the third was generally our strongest. I, I can't say that for sure. That's just based on memory. But, um, so that is kind of weird to see us, and maybe it's just the road, you know, the long road trip. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think that definitely. In. I think that definitely uh, played a part in getting a few days off. You know, we'll t- we'll talk about. Do you want to uh, now very 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 quickly touch on maybe the next couple of games? I think we. Oh, for the tomorrow. for the schedule, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so I just I like only Tom's going just to off say, well, going off the right. script here, <laughs> shifting <laughs> around the schedule. Only just to say so. We got uh, some challenging games upcoming, and we're very close to the end of this road trip now. We got three games left on the road trip, and uh, I feel like it has to start with a win in Jersey. It mm-hmm. has to, because the g- two games after that are pretty tough. Uh, Florida has struggled a little bit ever since Bobrovsky went down, um, but they're still like a very, very potent offense. And so that game will be you know, a, a good test for the Islanders. Obviously, Tampa will, too, even though Tampa hasn't been excellent yet. Um, but I feel like it has to start with a, with a win in Jersey, even like even with Jersey coming off scoring seven goals. Um, they're a team that typically doesn't score a lot. Um, and, and as we, we were just saying right before this started, uh, we have the same exact record right now. Five, mm-hmm. three and two. Yeah. Um, and that just Jersey. shows so how good the Metro is. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for of course, at this point. And um, and you also said that the no team in the Metro is below 500. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. which is insane. I mean, uh, N- NHL 500, so you know it doesn't count the overtime right. losses. Right. Yeah, I will say I'm a Metro supremacist. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> interesting, <laughs> interesting yeah. way of phrasing um, that. Yeah, no, I, I tried to make it, you know, yeah. as t- terrible as possible. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say about that stretch. Yeah. Um, no, it makes. And what, then do you want to? Mm. Well, I just want to say one note about that, which is so it's it's weird to think that you know in a week and a half mm-hmm. uh you know we'll be playing our first home game against calgary which i'm pretty sure calgary is looking pretty good right now yes. so that's yes, unfortunate for us but you know at least at least it will most likely be a good game yeah you could say they're like lurking behind our shoulders <laughs> why would i say that oh God. <laughs> <laughs> i just saw it <laughs> yeah i did i didn't plan that i just had that up from wearing it the other day i literally didn't even notice um for the very few audio listeners that we have um tom has a calgary jersey behind him um and so yeah so this is the last road trip week that we have and then we have uh or pretty much exactly a week of home games and then we're back yeah. on the road <laughs> so yeah and and the the home games are not easy no, yeah, so we got Calgary. I mean, we're getting a week ahead of ourselves, Tom. Yeah, um, yeah. Calgary, Toronto, the Rangers, and uh, Pittsburgh. So that should be yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, I mean, it'll be good from the standpoint of like, oh, we can start to measure ourselves up. Um, yeah, that's true. Those teams, but it's bad in terms of I don't, I, I don't want to watch close games. I like beating teams <laughs> six two. Uh, but anyway, uh, do you want to start with your hot knot? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, for me at least, it was pretty obvious this week. I, you might disagree with this. this was a pretty hot take for mm. the not player. It's a hot take for the not player. See what I did oh, there? Boy. Which oh, is no. Zdeno Chara. <laughs> um, yeah, not. Uh, not. He's just like you said. He's the weak link. Um, I don't think there's too much more to explain on it. I'm pretty sure everybody kind of feels that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, and admittedly, I'm not. I don't think I'm. I don't think I have that hockey sense yet, where I can say like like I can see how players aren't performing well, when, mm-hmm. unless it's obvious. So. Um, so normally it won't be till either I watch your recap after the game or something like that, that it, like it really clicks about like, Oh, like where things went wrong. And I mean, sometimes it's also obvious if he's not, he's not jumping mm-hmm. up on a play because he's just whatever. Yeah. I mean, in, in a way it's good because you know, he's bad in very obvious ways. So if you're, <laughs> um, it's good for, you know, if you're viewing and you're trying to get into hockey and you're like, Oh, what, what's bad? This oh, is what that's not bad. to do. <laughs> um, because, like, it's very different from, like, when Josh Bailey is playing really badly. You know, he does it in a way that, like, I, I, I might feel forget like about it, him. It's not as entertaining. It's mm. more frustrating. I see. Uh, Chara, I'll give Chara this. It is pretty funny how bad he is. Um, how bad? I mean, how do you think he was last year? Do you think the fall off from last year to this year is that great? No, I do think that. Um, last year, the only reason it wasn't worse is because he was playing with one of the best defensemen in the league. He was playing with uh, Charlie McAvoy. Long Island, Long Beach native. That's right, yes. Um, Who, and, yeah, yeah, that was that was a weird playoff run when we were playing Boston. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. it's just like, I felt like the entire time the Islanders were just beating up McAvoy. Not maybe intentionally, but I don't know. Like he, he was really, he took the brunt of that entire, of the entire Islanders. Yeah. The Islanders were like, oh, he, who's the key piece of that defense? Right, exactly. Very obviously him. Um, so, uh, yeah, my hot not. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, my hot. Yeah, hot I was just going to say my hot for this week is definitely Nelson. I mean, he just he mm-hmm. scored so much. And that's off the back of Palmieri and Beauvillier, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, they that whole when uh, Palmieri was on the second line, they worked as a unit. Like, it was it was awesome to watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nelson obviously had the finishing touch. And uh, also, quick note. Something I want to mention about, I think it was the the Canadian the Canadians game, yeah. Um, that first goal by Nelson, Bovillier. That whole sequence was just like amazing to watch and very yeah. confusing because I had to watch the replay like a couple times. Mm-hmm. Bovillier got it into the zone. I don't remember if it deflected off a skate, but it got to Brock. Brock like tried to go around some defensemen. It kind of went through the legs of one defenseman, and Paul Mary just happened to be in the right spot, or I'm. Where yeah. he was in the right spot, he probably tried to be there to just pop it right back to to Brock when uh you know right at the right moment and Brock was able to finish it. Mm-hmm. So it's like that type of working together, you know. It's like it's what the Can Islanders are about, man. It was the greatest broken play. Yes, that's a perfect way of putting early, it. Yeah, the early season, it was just like it was almost like they accidentally scored. That's well, that when I I didn't <laughs> even see Paul Mary on the initial. Like mm-hmm. on the when I saw it or the first replay, I thought yeah. it had bounced off a person's skate and Brock got it back. And yeah, so it's just like I thought it was totally luck, but there was mm-hmm. some, you know, like sense to it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah, all right. For, what do you think? Yeah, hot uh, my hot. You know what's funny is um, 
I mean, I am kind of stealing from you. I, I, I wanted, you know, I wanted to play devil's advocate. I wanted to go full ESPN and give out an opinion that's objectively wrong, but it's different than yours. <laughs> just classic ESPN, just be wrong. Yeah. Well, like, because you know, like, they're taking, you know, it's it's a show where it's two people. They have to have different opinions. <laughs> but I am going to kind of just piggyback and go hot the whole second line. Um, that's fair. Because all, like you just basically, you know, described in one goal, um, they all, you know, had a hand in basically all of Brock's goals. Um, I was going to just give it to Bo, but, like, when you score four goals in a week, how often is that going to happen? Uh, so it was uh, four goals uh, in a game. But it yeah, was like five, five goals, five goals this week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy week for Brock. So you got it. I mean, Brock's obviously the standout, but definitely got to give his line mates credit mm-hmm. uh, for the worst of the week. Uh, I mean, yeah. It's Mayfield. Nah, hey, we're, <laughs> Mayfield I mean, looks great compared to Chara. <laughs> no, I've been, I've been, uh, you know, I, I feel bad. Cause like during the regular season last year, obviously like he was kind of my whipping boy, but um mayfield like from the playoffs last year on uh i've been pretty happy with him i agree um i feel like maybe he's been forced you know without letty uh he's kind of been forced this year into like you know uh having to get like it's like all right uh you have to get better right now and he's like all right yeah i mean it might be as simple as that like and sometimes i feel like the uh i've talked about this before last year we put whenever we played the I have one of these twisty things that fly away in my hands. Watch mm. this. Ooh, pretty cool. Bye. Um, uh, whenever we played the Capitals last year, Ovechkin was out for like these random games because of the COVID protocol and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and we lost pretty much all the games when he wasn't playing, and then mm-hmm. we won most of the games when he was playing. And yeah. that was just again like the weirdest thing. And I think it's because sometimes one player can have such an influence over the play style and and whatever and all that stuff, mm. and just ice time, I suppose. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily true with Letty and Mayfield, but it could just be like, uh, it could be that Mayfield wasn't, he, he didn't want to step up and make those zone entries or do the pinching, you know, like he had, I think he has one goal so far, right, because he pinched and... Uh, yeah, remember, that was he got a little bit ago. of a lucky bounce on that. I think that's, that yeah, was, that's uh, true. So it could be something Columbus. as... Columbus. Wait, when was it? Let's see. Let me go that back. Was a th- the, the overtime loss to Columbus. Oof, I think he of got course. The, That's yeah. So that was that was like three weeks ago, on uh, the twenty first of October, and yeah. So it could be exact. That, that is interesting to think. It could be exactly like, uh, he's playing. He's playing. He's he's now focusing on a part of a game that he maybe felt he didn't have to, or nobody mm-hmm. told me necessarily. Maybe somebody else was like, no, leave that. To yeah. I don't know. You never know. It's weird. No, I, I think there's something to that. He's been pinching a little bit more and. Uh, but not at the expense of his defense. I yeah, feel like yeah. I've seen him block some. He blocked a big shot That's in the right. Minnesota game that kept us in it a little, you know, for a little bit longer. Uh, so yeah, I guess um, uh, as an addendum to the end of that, uh, I'm gonna add a not player. Okay. Uh, uh, Dobson. I have okay. not been very impressed. I maybe it's you know I think that's a lot of expectations. Um, he's still like 21. But, you know, it, it did feel like this was a big year for him to start to, you know, grow into probably at some point replacing Mayfield. But Mayfield's been better than him. And Dobson, you know, I think we said coming into the year without Letty, we need someone to be able to be the rover. And we've had a few times on the power play where Dobson loses the puck at the line. And now it's a shorthanded chance the other way. And um, right, you know, I, I think part of this, I think it does stem from like 
the Islanders trying to find anyone, someone who could play with Zdeno Chara and not suck, and they can't find that person, um, which kind of tells you what you need to know. There's no one that can make Zdeno Chara. On this current roster, there's no right-handed defenseman that can make Zdeno Chara look good. We do not have Charlie McAvoy. So, yeah. Well, on that news, uh, who do you think could possibly replace Zdeno Chara, Thomas? Yeah, so we could start this up with talking about Leo probably heading, uh, looking like he's going to head out uh, over back to Europe, and uh, the Islanders are going to be off the hook for, I think, all of his contract. They're, like, mutually agreeing to it. Um, Cap Friendly will probably help us out tomorrow by putting out a tweet when it's made official. But uh, I did see... I did see that something it, that it was official, but maybe just, like, the paperwork hasn't gone through it or whatever. Yeah, so, like, the team's done it. Like, everything okay, yeah. is done and dusted in terms of, like, handshake stuff. Yeah. Um, but they just have to put it through to the league, I guess. And, um, I, you know, uh, as much as we, you know, made fun of Leo, I think you very thoughtfully pointed out that he... It was never a lack of effort. Um, it was... Just a lack of talent. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we'll end it. That's uh, terrible. No, I don't mean that, but maybe. No, he he definitely, um, you know, uh, was, it seems like the teammates loved him. Seems like he was a really good locker room guy. It also seems like this is a very selfless thing he's doing to mutually waive his contract because he's probably like, you know what? This might be the best thing I could do to help the team right now is Mm -hmm. to give them more cap space. And, you know, I know I'm not going to play, so. Yeah, and I definitely think it's better for him as well because, you know, uh, nobody likes to just sit at home, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 like, if you have the ability to still play and you f- want to, then, like, you know, uh, uh, then you should. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, for the Islanders, it's good from the cap space perspective. For Leo, it's good for – I, I kind of want to see him have success overseas now. I want to see him uh, get to end out, um, you know, kind of successfully. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so with that cap space, yes, we might have some, some, uh, in no way official, but just people have pointed out some possible replacements that might some natural, yeah, some natural fits, just guys that are probably being shopped that fit the role that the Islanders are looking for. Uh, and those two players, as of right now, there's more. I'll probably do a video at some point. I'll do a little bit more research on, like, who are some other left-handed defensemen that could play top four to top six minutes and, um, you know, fit contract-wise. The Islanders are definitely expanding their cap space um, with the Johnny Boychuk trade, uh, yes. which also happened. Um, so we're all – well, I, he was on LTIR anyway, but it gives the Islanders more flexibility if they have to put somebody on LTIR. They have more room on that now. Uh, so Lou's doing a really good job of like these little moves that are saving us money. But for the Chara replacement, uh, the first one that was mentioned, I think it was from the Denver Post, the reporter at the Denver Post, uh, that Samuel Gerard, uh, left-handed defenseman, very young. He is 23. Goodness. He is younger than us, James. Um, and he has had an interesting career so far. Um, kind of, had a lot of success the last couple of years with Colorado. Um, they went out and they got Devontae's from us. And now they have a, uh, a great prospect, Bowen Byram, who's kind of, you know, making Samuel Gerard redundant. And Samuel Gerard's making $5 million a year until 2026, 2027. So um, that's, that's the major flaw I see is that contract. Because 
I think the Islanders are going to tend to lean towards a shorter contract with way, you know, less risk that will cost less. Because uh, I feel like for Gerard, um, the Islanders would have to send maybe Bailey the other way. And I do think, you know, that that could be, you know, a good trade for the Islanders. Uh, Bailey and Taves back on back at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I do like, you know, I look, I, I like Bailey, but I have to acknowledge that he's been, you know, fairly rough this year. It hasn't been great. Um, I mean, do you think so, you would actually do like better on a, on a different team? Or are you just saying that it might um, just make it that trade worth it enough for? Well, the cap would be pretty even going each way. So okay. it wouldn't, uh, uh, Colorado wouldn't be taking on much money because it's almost a straight swap of money. Because uh, I think Bailey was making five and a half, and Gerard's making five, so it's just adding 500k, um, and it's a shorter contract, Bailey's. So it's, uh, but he is older, so there's a lot of trade-offs, uh, pros and cons there. You know, SWOT analysis, <laughs> marketing. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I because the the downside of Gerard or Gerard or Gerard. Um, Say whatever you want. <laughs> Sam, I'll call him Samuel. The The downside of Samuel is that, I guess, he was bad in the playoffs mm-hmm. this past yeah, year. Apparently they, yeah, according to that Denver Post reporter, they were not uh, Colorado was not happy with his play. That sounds harsh. Yeah, but, yeah, like, I mean, was that his first playoff appearance? Probably not. Nope. Where, uh, I think it was probably a second or third. Interesting. He's, you know, he's young, but he's... Uh, I mean, he played well enough to earn that $5 million deal. Yeah, that's what, that's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's hard to say, right? I didn't watch those games, and I, I don't know enough about the player. But, um, yeah, like, from from my, if I put on, fits. sorry, I'll let you no, go. go ahead, sorry. No, you go. Okay, I was going to say, if I put on my GM hat, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, long-term contract for somebody that has the potential to just fall off immediately is scary but at the same time they are so young so and and i feel like if you were uh a defenseman going to the islanders would seem really appealing because you're like oh i know that like all their forwards most of their forwards whatever like are great two-way players so it's like you're always gonna have support defense is always stressed so it's not like you're just gonna be left out to dry you know yep and it could be a good yin and yang with uh scott mayfield scott mayfield who's more of a stay-at-home defenseman playing Mm -hmm. with uh, a more offensive defenseman could be a good, you know, one of them is pinching, the other one's playing back. I that could I could see that working yeah. out. Uh, that kind of worked with Nick Letty and him. Uh, yeah, uh, at yeah, it's true. That um, group was also rough together sometimes. So you know, um, I just think at this point, I for me, it it's almost the fact that Chara, like I said, they're trying to see who plays well with him, and in doing that, it's taking. It, like, we've broken our top defensive pairing apart at times. And that shouldn't be the case. Like, yeah. you should play your best pairing and then, um, you know, figure it out from there. And I think figuring it out would mean bringing in someone that's better than Chara. Um, the other player, the other player that fits maybe a little bit better, I will say Samuel Gerard definitely fits that uh, the uh, Nick Letty mold of an offensive defenseman. So if you're someone that just wants that, um, and it's a similar cap that Nick Letty made five and a half million too. So it, it is less money than Nick Letty was making. Hmm. And the Islanders have done a good job of digging up cap space. Yeah. So, but, um, the other defenseman more cost effective may, uh, just cheaper. I'll say cheaper for now. Um, Travis Dermott, uh, has been floated. He's been a healthy scratch a few times for the Leafs. The Leafs are working, uh, Sandin, 
uh, Sandine, Sandin, I've heard it said both ways. And um, I think Timothy Lilligren. So two of their top prospects are now finally kicking into the lineup. It's forced a couple of their veteran defensemen into like not everyday roles. And Travis Thurman, it's not a veteran. He is uh, younger he's than 24. me. He's 24. Yeah. Um, but I, he's making one and a half million this year and one and a half million next year. And he has experience playing top four minutes. So he is kind of that mold of like, oh, someone that could just play non-top pairing minutes. Um, he does fit that. He's very cheap. Um, it was, I think, falsely pointed out by Arthur Staple that uh, Arthur Staple thought he was drafted by Lou, too, because Lou was uh, in Toronto. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Lou, I think, was still in Jersey at that time. Uh, so that was incorrect. Interesting. Um, so, but uh, Travis Dermott, I, 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 you know, just better than Chara. Basically, it comes right. down to so, well, that's, and cheap. That's, cheap yeah, and better than Chara. The way that it looks like to me, it's like, so if we went with Travis, if we went with either of these two people, Travis Dermott's more of like uh, a Band-Aid kind of guy in the sense that like he could work out and it could work great, but mm-hmm. like we know he'll be better than Chara, and that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. Whereas... Gerard will be probably somebody you'll have to like that's a commitment that's a commitment you'll kind of have to probably build around him and if he doesn't work out it's obviously a bigger risk so it's bigger risk yeah. bigger risk long term mm-hmm. but possibly you know I mean who do you think is act so Gerard is is probably actually better though like it's probably uh, like yeah I, I I think um he's volatile. Mm-hmm. As was pointed out in that Vegas series last year, he's volatile mm. in that he gives the puck away a fair amount because he is kind of an offensive defenseman. Yeah. Defense is not his strongest part of the game. Um, but uh, Dermot, I, I, I think it, it's definitely the safer option is Dermot. Uh, Gerard, now I guess one of the worries would be, well, like, do we want him playing uh, for that long? When we have Samuel Bolduke in the minors, and we think very highly of him, and Robin Solo in the minors, and we think very highly of him. But uh, with Andy Green, you know, like, he's going to be gone soon. Yeah, so and the fact that he's guys... even playing this season is mm-hmm. it's not mind-blowing, but I didn't even think he was going to play last season. And the, yeah, and the fact that retire. And the fact that we're not talking about him being bad right now is, like, surprising, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, part of it is Chara's been so bad. <laughs> yeah, Chara's right. yeah. I mean, been much like, worse. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, so I, I, I think I, I do like to play it safe a lot, um, but I do think also at the same time, so I, the first thing I would do if I'm Lou is I'm getting a lot of scouts over to Colorado. Yeah, I was just thinking that. You have to talk to those scouts and determine, is this, like, can this work? Um, is this somebody that Barry can work with? Um, and is this someone that can mold, you know, put it, put himself into the Islanders mold as a defenseman? Because like you said, there's a lot of defensemen that would probably go, oh, I'm getting traded to the Islanders. That's a great, you know, landing spot for a defenseman. But it's also a big um, commitment. Uh, what's another word for it? Maybe not commitment. A big, it's a test too. Because if you're not going to play well, you're not going to, I, if there are other options and they're better than you, you're not going to play. Um, although that's not true for Chara. He gets to play no matter what, apparently. But um, I, I like more so in that I think if you get into Lou, uh, not Lou, if you get into Trotz's doghouse, uh, there's a lot of proving yourself to get out of it. Mm. So, um, you know, some of the giveaways I've seen from him, 
I mean, I think Barry would have him sitting in the press box during the game in his gear. Um, he just go, uh, why do you go upstairs? Yeah. In period, why do you go upstairs and hang out with uh, Leo? And Leo's like, yeah. Hey. Uh, and then Leo slaps him, but not like the hard way, like they, the practice way he did with Bo. But um, just a great teammate, that guy. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, we wanted to say, I don't know, are you finished with that thought or anything left you wanted to say about those players? No, I guess uh, just I would have scouts on Gerard. Uh, obviously, I'd have scouts on Dermot, too. And uh, they've done a good job of creating a situation where either is an option. So Yeah. And knowing the way that uh, the Islander hive mind tends to come up with these players, it, probably neither of them will end up being the ones that we end up trading for, If you know, assuming that happens. Because I, I don't... Trade for Taves. I was about to say that. Um, Dude. Well, I because would, it's, it's I, I'd be so happy. It's kind of funny though, because it's like we'd be trading for another Colorado. Uh, uh, we'd be trading for a Colorado player mm-hmm. that's offensively minded, meaning like we gave one up to Colorado. Uh, yeah. you know, a couple years ago. Honestly, so. I think that's how it came about on Isles Twitter uh, that Samuel Gerard would be a good fit, is because people were like, "Oh God, who's a good left-handed defenseman? Uh, how about uh, let's get Devontae's back?" Like <laughs> yeah. it started as like yeah, a yeah. joke. Uh, I see. Like, I see. I don't see Colorado trading Taze back. Taze no, was so good last year. I, him and but, um, McCarr together. I mean, yeah, it's just right. Wouldn't unless happen. we purposely overpay because of sentimental value, which is always a good thing to do. As in, like, give them like a first round pick and nah, whatever take two we can. First. We just want him. <laughs> yeah. We just want him. We love him. Um, <laughs> no, but um, I think that's where like people started kicking up that idea. Like, I see. Oh, we were joking about Taze, but like we've got this other left-handed defenseman who's been rumored to be in the trade mill and also uh, like is getting pushed out by a prospect. So mm. it is, it is like a good situation for the Islanders there because they might be motivated to get rid of Gerard. And so maybe it won't cost as much. And for Travis Dermott, um, I, I, I don't think Toronto can ask a lot because though he is young, um, I don't know. I feel like there's more upside with Samuel Gerard uh, with that offensive play. Dermot, I feel like everyone knows the the upside isn't quite as high, so and, and you know he hasn't been amazing with the Leafs, so it's I that's a like you said probably a band aid, um, but if that band aid you know carries us over for the next two years and gets us over to you know at some point uh, Bull Duke and Salo playing together like also well, not together on the same pair right right, right on the left side um, then that's good you're feeling good about. Everybody complains about the Islanders' age as a team, but it could get a lot younger very quickly with Chara and you know Green being replaced yeah. by Young. And now the fact that Komarov's not playing the season and you know going to be gone, yeah, same thing. And um, so I was going to ask one more question with that. What do you think no. that Gerard's uh, put to put it harshly like resale value would be? Let's say we do keep him for two years, like, and we try to trade him, like, would you? Oh boy, you know. Well, because we so, could potentially get at least something back for him, you know. It's funny you mentioned that, James. Um, the last three not years of his deal. So his deal uh, from 2014, uh, sorry, from 2024, 2025 on to the end of the deal, three years, has a modified no trade clause. Interesting. So, so modified no trade clause. What does that mean? So like he probably has like a list of teams that he can okay for them to trade to. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, so um, so there is an out there, but it's definitely a complex out. Yeah, um, and you know, hopefully, you would figure it out by that point because there are like 
what is it, three? Uh, so including this year, I mean, he's got this year, next year, and the year after before you would even have to trade him. I feel like you have plenty of time to figure out. Ooh, ee. Um, but also that like, is true. I see what you're saying. So it's like you could do that before at least the year before that no sure, trade clause takes effect. But also take into account, and I feel like the, it's easy for us not to take this into account. And myself, as a big NHL GM guy, definitely e- uh, easy to forget. I mean, you know, it's easy to say, like, uh, if he doesn't play well, we'll just trade him. Well, who's going to trade for him if he's not playing well? Mm-hmm. And at that point, he'll be three years older. Right. So it's, you know, that contract. But is I not think the idea is as long as you can get rid of, if you, if you can get him off the books and get, you know, you don't lose anything in return. You know what I mean? Whether yeah, that's a well, pick. Because if that, we know we have those two guys in the minors, mm-hmm. it's like then all we really have to worry about is getting him off the books. If we didn't yeah. have to give up too much well, from him in the first place, I suppose. You don't want to get into too many situations where you're so desperate to get a guy off the books. Right, we obviously. saw with the, the Andrew Ladd trade. Different situation because the older player uh, was a power forward, a lot more miles on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't, like, you don't want to end up having to trade picks and a player for nothing for future considerations yeah um which are nothing um <laughs> so like yeah i i would just that's why i think the gerard one is less likely because of that i think yeah. uh as a very um strict um cap guy uh lou would that makes sense Be more hesitant there because yeah and, and that's where the scouts come in if the scouts come in and they say no we absolutely identify something in this game that we can that we think will fit with the islanders and that uh you know barry could fix then absolutely you know he's what 23 and he's got a five-year deal if you turn him around if you reclaim him as a pro- uh, project and all of a sudden he's great that five million dollars a year looks like it's exactly how much he should be right so but it also uh, does make a- sense that like you wouldn't want it, from Lou's perspective, you've clawed your way to having this cap space, and you're not going to just like now fill it as soon as up. Pati- sure. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. consider. I mean, and everybody's in that situation, so it's like, you know, cap is much more precious than it has mm-hmm. been. You yeah, know, and so. you definitely have to consider the fact that you have most of your core signed. Yeah. Um, to longer, you know, long term deals, and they're pretty locked in. You have uh, definitely you have to keep in mind that Sorokin and Barzal are here but they're, you know, on bridge deals. You have to keep in mind that Wallstrom is going to eventually get his big boy money. So um, definitely a lot to consider. Um, That's why I think a lot of people are like, hey, you get rid of Bailey and you're using that money more effectively. Um, So hypothetically, if you... I don't think Bailey for Dermot straight up is a great deal because I think, you know, first of all, Toronto can't do... well. Actually, don't even worry about it because Toronto wouldn't be able to do that because they would be over the cap. Um, so I don't think Bailey's going to Toronto at all. Um, Colorado, probably not either. Uh, well, that one's a little bit easier because it's a straight swap cash-wise, almost. Not exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, if it's if Dermot, if it's Dermot, I think the Islanders are going to trade picks and a prospect. Probably not a roster player. If it's Gerard, Bailey is now someone that colorado actually could consider fitting under the cap mm-hmm. um and and it wouldn't be straight up i feel like the islanders would have to add a little bit to that i mean i mean just based on one the of those age players alone. Is younger yeah. yeah and and then and i don't know what colorado's situation is right now with their forwards so well that's you know it's an interesting thing colorado's been off to a worse start to the year than you would have expected 
Uh, their depth hasn't been great. I feel like, though, that's um, kind of the story of Colorado. This is like, why aren't they winning all the time, you know, yeah. <laughs> when it's like they're yeah. like the darling but team. But usually, usually they're excellent in the regular season, and then it's the playoffs. Right, 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 right. Now they're struggling in the regular season. We're all like, you guys were supposed to run away with that division. Mm-hmm. So, um, at least according to Tom, and he's always right. But um, <laughs> I think uh, Bailey wouldn't be the worst addition for uh, a team that's looking for depth scoring over there. Um, yeah. So What's their I, playmaking I ability like? Yeah, uh, they're, they. I mean, they they're a good playmaking team up top. Like I said, there's yeah. a lot of talent up top, and then. You know, they're, and they're then depth wise, yeah, like bottom six, yeah, yeah. Like they're they're happy. They have a guy named JT Comfer who's like was a highly thought of prospect that really hadn't done anything. And now this year he's off to a good start. But outside of that, like they have a couple guys that are off to slower starts. Nathan McKinnon's out three weeks now. Mm. Um, Bailey can't really help there because he's not a center really anymore, even though he's drafted as a center. Um, so I don't know if anything's imminent. Uh, it do, but I mean, look, Lou's definitely preparing to make a move. He's doing moves to create cap space and stuff. So um, I feel like more so than in years prior, Lou is giving us notice. Like I'm gonna do something. Uh, yeah, because I'm I am preparing for it, and and, it's, and it's a lot earlier in the season than you'd expect too. Normally, it's like you start nearing that shows the, you how the bad deadline. Been. Yeah, that's definitely because like look, the Islanders have done everything they can to try to, you know give chara a chance and it's just not good enough yeah i mean Um, that trot's coming out and saying like i was trying to get some guys to score to get some points that's during the uh what is the canadians game that's mind-blowing yeah Yeah, i I mean well it's i don't think it's super out of uh the at no extraordinary i i I, I don't i i'm sure coaches do that you know from time to time but it's just surprising i feel like that he would say that because it's i feel like it's kind of obvious he didn't mention chara by name right he just was saying, no but it's like kind of obvious and, right that yeah and there were definitely i think parise was probably out there at the same time that's definitely mm. a guy that they want to build up a little bit by yeah getting him more, like because you know he deserves more reward for the play that he's uh he's been putting out good play but um yeah that's uh pretty much everything i wanted to say on that like uh, all right those are options i'd love to hear in the comments what people think uh, what you know? What, what trades you could come up with? Uh, like I said, um, you know Bailey's not going to Toronto. That's not happening because Toronto does not have. Come on, the, Bailey the and Tavares back on the same team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden Tavares uh, Bailey would be a seventy-point player again. That'd be crazy, um, but not for the Islanders. Uh, so I, I think there's only one thing we can end this this podcast on, Tom. And it was, I was going to bring it up earlier. Drawn out ending. I'm sorry, excuse me? You mean concise okay. and to the point like we always are. Um, yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah, I was going to bring it up earlier, but I wanted to finish the Char thing. Favorite Leo memory, okay. uh, you know, since he was going to not really be playing anymore. I think I have mine ready. Do you have yours? Yes. All right, uh, you go first then. All right. Um, so in 2019-20, that was the year – sorry, 1819. That was the first year – uh, after Tavares left, um, it was the the year that Barry came in, and it was the year that no one expected us to make the playoffs, and we did. And then in Game 3 of the Penguin series in the first round, on the way to the sweep, I went to Offside Tavern. Welcome back, Offside Tavern. Yeah, welcome back. Um, we got we did it, everybody. We got yeah. it back. Um, but I went to Offside Tavern for the one and only time that I got to see a playoff game there. 
and it was amazing the atmosphere and uh, leo komarov was there and you're like what do you do you're supposed to be at the game yeah. <laughs> and leo scored a big goal to basically put game three away and put us up 3-0 in the series and it's probably the biggest contribution like point wise uh, that he's done <laughs> uh <laughs> leave that in you gotta keep them sure you gotta keep gotta keep um, it keep it fresh yeah well no that's definitely not fresh but um uh yeah no i de- definitely because like first you're like go let's go right. and then you're like leo mm-hmm. I, all right uh yeah and that that was so much fun and that was one of the most fun experiences i've had watching a game without actually being there yeah um i would say i kind of have two to th- two or three but they're not real like specific memories so the first was uh there was a few times last season uh so the 20 uh just the 2021 season which mm-hmm. is right because that, that entire that season started in january uh, no yeah no was, you're right yeah it was just the it was the 56 game season uh mm-hmm. where he was playing on the top line because lee was hurt um that he just kind of surprised me you know and he had that hustle and so just in general like he 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 at times was the best replacement for lee like out of anybody that was on the top line you know at mm-hmm. times before we had paul mary um mm-hmm. and stuff too and then the other thing uh then the yeah i really only have two and the second one is that instagram story that he had with maddie martin <laughs> with them on like a moped <laughs> oh. <laughs> and matt martin with his brad pitt looking face you know like smiling and leo, leo komarov yeah right behind him that was freaking weird and i think yeah. about that and i smile very often and um <laughs> that's good. Those are my two favorite leo memories that's good i like that so uh let us know in the comments down below all nine of you who might leave a comment um which would be a lot um especially uh, yeah. if you're watching this late into the video yes <laughs> what who do you think we should trade for to replace chara and favorite leo komarov memory yeah, and I mean, like, if you could come up with a favorite Leo Komarov memory, you're you're a fan. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're you're a real fan. You're a real. You're keeping it real. Yeah, you know, and that's how we do here in Belmont. All right, Bunch. are we going into full 1990s slang here? <laughs> um, we're we're a little behind on the times. Uh, no, we keep it hip. We keep it fresh. You know. There we go. There I was we go. Say hip next. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. I, um, right. That's gonna be a cap. I did it. I did the Elon Musk thing. I don't understand. I don't get it. But um, I don't. E- I don't either. We'll keep on rolling uh, yeah. to the end, which is now. So we'll see you later, everybody. Goodbye. All right. Bye. Wave your hand, Tom. Yay.